Today's episode of the City Smack Podcast is brought to you by Morton. At this point, it's no secret, the new drink that's making waves in the running industry is Morton. It's the world's most carbohydrate-rich sports drink, and it's being used by most of the top marathoners in the world. So Elliot Kipchoge used it in Breaking 2, Wilson Kipsang used it in Tokyo, Gillen Rupp used it in Chicago, and most recently, Jeffrey Kimmore won the New York City Marathon using Morton. Every major marathon winner since September 2016 in Berlin has been drinking Morton while on the go. Personally, I used it and tested it since May, and I think it played a major role in me running my two fastest marathons ever. So I set a big PR in Berlin and then ran my second fastest marathon eight weeks later in New York City. Not that I'm a pro runner or a sub-elite at any but it did help me improve and make major jumps in my training. There's two types of drink mixes, one that serves 80 grams of carbs and another that contains 40 grams, and they're aimed at getting you that energy boost for when the going gets tough during the race. I can attest that later on in the races, once I took it, I was feeling great. Really, there was no point where I was feeling any sort of tying up. I was, you know, fueled up for the, for the remainder of the race. Our listeners can try it now. It's on sale in the EU and in the US. All you have to do is visit Morton.com. That's M-A-U-R-T-E-N.com. And our listeners can use coupon code CMP20 for 20% off their next order. Works for Ali Kipchoge. Works for Galen Rupp. Works for myself. You can see for yourself. Visit Morton.com today. My guest for today's show is a U.S. distance running legend because his name is at the top of the record books for the fastest mile ever by an American. It is the one, the only, Alan Webb. And uh, decided to give Alan a call, especially after the conversation I had with Andrew Weeding last week, to just see what he's been up to these last couple of years and do another one of these retrospective episodes where we look back at an athlete's career. I think it's really cool to sometimes take things year by year, examine some of the high points, examine some of the uh, the low points, and uh, where how an athlete was able to deal with that kind of stuff. So um, I, th- I think this is a great episode. There's a lot of big Allen Webb fans out there, and so figured this would be a nice hour-long chat with a legend. Uh, so without further ado, let's start the show. I'm joined now by the one and only Alan Webb on the Sidious Mag podcast. Alan, how's everything? How's uh, how's life and how's everything going? It's going great. It's going great. You know, I got I got two two daughters and uh, these yeah, that 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 that's craziness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and we've got uh, we've got our uh, our truck repair business going and um. Excited about starting a new uh, coaching website too that um, uh, I'm pretty pumped about. So um, yeah, we got I got a, got a lot of stuff going on, um, but uh, yeah, so life is good. That's awesome. That's great. Great to hear. Uh, and so the the truck repair business is something that I can't. I think the first time I saw it or noticed it was when maybe you posted a photo on Instagram and then. Eventually, Dystat did a, a pretty cool story on you know how that came to be. But I guess for for the listeners who may have not like checked out that story, I can link to it. But uh, 
well, I guess, what is, how did you get to, to that point and how does your day look now with that business? It's a, it, it was a franchise opportunity that we, that we, that we, that we liked and, you know, it's a growing industry and it's something different and new that I wanted to, you know, tackle something that was sort of, that was different that I, that I would have had to, to, to learn about. And, uh, I couldn't sort of fall on the, cl- the crutch of my, my running career. And so, uh, it was, that, that's, that's how it came to be. And, you know, our, our day looks like, you know, Julie and I sh- share the responsibilities and, you know, we go out and, and we, we get, we have, we have, um, consistent clients that come back to us, um, every time, but then there's also people that are just passing through that, that, call us and we go, we, you know, we, you know, one, we have three trucks and the three guys that, that go out and help whoever needs help. And, um, yeah, and we just, you know, write invoices and, um, just talking to customers and yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool day. And yeah, and we try to juggle that with the kids and and and, the, and life in between. So it's uh, yeah, that'll keep you busy for sure. <laughs> it's hectic. <laughs> uh, so I'm sure like it's it'd be a really tough crossover. But I'm I'm trying to think like, have you run into anyone who you know needed help with a repair and recognized you as wait, are you Alan Webb or has that not happened yet? <laughs> Um, we, I've had a, a couple, a couple people that, that, that knew who, who I was, but for the most part, yeah, people, it's, it's, it's not, it's anonymous, which is pretty, which is pretty standard for, for, uh, for, for me. Like that, that, that type of thing only happens in the deep, deep running world, I, would, I guess I could call it, you know, where you're purely in that that community and that's that's where people might recognize the name but you know the general public doesn't doesn't really have that <laughs> right have that knowledge so it's not it's, it's really not that different than 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 what my life was and what my life had been like even when I was running running competitively now i remember being at the millrose game and talking to you in 2014, right after that final race, you stepped off the track, you know, we did an interview. And then afterwards, you know, I'm kind of curious about, okay, once the cameras were shut off, you, you were done with interviews, you, you, you'd taken your spikes off, you're walking, I guess, out, uh, out, out, out of the track. What happened next, I guess? What was that cool down like for you? I mean, was there a cool down or what was that moment, I guess, where you finally were to yourself? And you thought about the next phase of of your life. You're retiring at 31. Yeah, it was. I guess it was a weird feeling, but at the same time, I, I was pretty. Sh- I was sure of what was gonna what needed to happen. You know, it. it, it so it was. It was a little bit. It was sort of two emotions going on. One, one I, I knew. It was time to go, but two, you know, to to do something for so long and sort of have that be such a strong part of your, you know, your identity um, was, you know, like you didn't, I didn't really know how the next day was going to feel or the next week or month or year. So it was sort of stepping into 
the unknown. <laughs> mm-hmm. What what did running become for you? I mean, right after that, because it was something that you'd been doing competitively, and every run was maybe a training run, and, and I, at that point, maybe you hadn't started thinking about giving the triathlon a try right away. But in that, for those next couple of weeks, when you got, did you try and get out for a run? And then, what did running do for you? Yeah, at that point, I, 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 I was sure I was going to go into triathlon. Okay. Well. I, still, I still had that kind of training mode in me. Um, but it, it still was different, you know, because the direction was just something else that wasn't running. And it felt different. Uh, and um, it, it, it really – it was – big difference was that my you know having that running goal inside of you is part of it you know like where you wake up every day and you're marching towards this goal all the time mm-hmm. like 24 24 hours a day you're you, you feel like you're kind of marching towards this and when that's gone that was a weird that was a weird thing and and that, that I tried to fill that void with triathlon, and it ultimately wasn't my it wasn't the path for me, you know. Um, you know, and you know, with running, I, I I had that feeling, you know, it's just like a it it fit it it fit, and uh, you know, and triathlon wasn't that for me. It, it didn't didn't click. It didn't click like running did, you know, and. That's fine, you know. Um, uh, but having that having that clear path is something that was very uh, is one of the gifts that I greatly appreciated from running is is having that clarity of purpose. <laughs> right. And so when you look back, I guess at the triathlon chapter that was what. I, like how do you how do you feel about it because it wasn't that you were going again you weren't retiring at an old age from running and going into triathlon just to hold on and and you know just save any sort of fitness you had left and make an olympic run there this this was like a it was a serious attempt to try and thrive in that sport at a good time in your career but I guess what did it just not? It, it felt more like a job, I guess you say you would say, than than actually something you really enjoyed. Or what was I guess? How do you look back on that chapter? Um, I wouldn't say it. Well, I mean, I think it, it what it what what it taught me was that number it it taught me how to go into another. Go into another, you know, sport, but not just sport, but go into another uh, vocation, I guess, mm-hmm. or, or job, and, and taught me how to, or, or, or taught me that you know, there's, it, it's it's tough wherever you go, you know, there's no, there's no like hiding away from it, you know, you know, like no matter what you're doing, whether it's running, biking, swimming, all three at the same time, truck repair. It didn't doesn't matter, you know. There's, there's, there's you gotta there's there's a you have to you know 
use the lessons that you learn from running and apply them, you know, and, and if, and part of that is, is, you know, number one, putting in the work, you know, putting, putting in, putting in the time and just being patient with, with getting, getting towards a, a positive result. And it, it doesn't matter, it, it doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, uh, uh, and that really, it, it drove that, it drove that home. And I, and I kind of lean on that now, um, that I'm beyond athletics in, as a profession. So, um, yeah, so I'm like super glad that things are are going really well for you. A part of me is a little curious though, and like why maybe you still aren't put at, like as on high of a pedestal. Maybe it's just because I, I grew up, I guess, kind of around the same time. People were diehard Alan Webb fans, and they're still out there. And I, and I kind of see like you know, there's people like Paula Radcliffe, you know, world record holder in the marathon. Joni won an Olympic medal. You ran the fastest mile. By like by an American ever, and it's it's held up, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna hold up for a while longer. And you know, someone I guess like and those people I guess like Paula and Joni are like on lifetime contracts, and I guess like they're. Oh, I don't know for a fact, but I mean they're ambassadors for like Nike, and I felt like that could have been something that that you you did. I guess like once you were done, did you feel like maybe you were gonna be you know stick around a little bit closer to the sport in the immediate? I guess phase of your retirement yeah i mean they uh, I, those guys you know I, I didn't get a medal and i didn't have a world record that's kind of like the two things that you gotta do to kind of get that and so uh and that's fine you know i'm uh i you know i i just was just off that 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 level um but you know that's 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 okay you know um you know i i don't i didn't expect anything like that um but i i i see what you i see what you mean and i i i don't know <laughs> I, I, um i yeah you know, i it's I just tough I, because you don't make those calls <laughs> i don't make those calls i don't um you know uh and yeah, I mean, just the way, that's, just, that's just the way it is, you know. Um, and but yeah, I, I I still try to stay involved in, in, in small ways, you know. I've like I said, I, I've got uh, um, um, we're launching a, a new uh, online coaching um, uh, website platform um, in a couple weeks, so I'm pretty pumped about that. So I, I'm I'd love I'd love to to stay involved. Uh, in some capacity there, so I'm, uh, you know, I've, uh, and I've also just enjoyed just, just, you know, go, just being a fan of the sport, you know, just go, going mm-hmm. to track meets, and, you know, my wife Julia still, still runs, uh, has, has some competitive in, ambitions that every once in a while, and uh, it fits in, and so, uh, yeah, I just like getting out there and, and just kind of being a fan. I don't, you know, I don't have to get paid to do it, you know, I like it. Right. So you went through a couple coaching changes in, in the later part of, of your career. So you've got this bank, I think, of, of you know, experience with working with some really smart figures from the sport. I guess what are some of the more important things, I guess, you'll pull from each one as you move into your own coaching uh, career? Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to be able to have those experiences as as 
the pull from. You know, I, I've um, I think I got a, li- a little taste of um, of each of each style, and uh, I think that's that's gonna gonna be important for me to to, to pull from that. Um, you know, being coached, being coached by Jerry and John Marcus and Alberto Salazar and Ron Warhurst, and and then obviously my coach, my my coach during my the best parts of my career, Coach Roscoe, you know, mm-hmm. and and also just in Jason Vigilante, um, you know, I've I've seen a lot of, of seen a lot, and so it's it's uh, and and each person has their own their own way of doing things that can help different a diff, each different type of runner, um, and and also just experiencing different types of programs too. So it wasn't just the athlete, just the single athletes, or how 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 different coaches structure and and manage a, you know a, a program. Um, so I, I I've, I've seen a lot you know a, a lot of different different ways to, to ways to go. So um, it's 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 pretty fun to. Uh, to, to kind of start doing that myself, so I guess, it. I guess it'll depend on like your first couple athletes. But who do you think? Uh, which which of the coaches' uh, style do you think resonates closest to what you think you can apply to um, to some of the runners you might be dealing with? Because I'm guessing they're going to vary on levels of competitiveness. Yes, yes. Uh, I I I think that you know the. You know the online, you know online coaching is is, is more geared towards um, uh, non-professional runners. I would mm-hmm. say, summarize it that way. Um, so you know people that have you know, that have other jobs. So so I, I I think that you know I I I think that I would probably lean the most on. Um, Going back to my time with Coach Roscoe, because I think that one of the things, the first things that I recognized is his strength was his, his focus on individualizing it, you know, and I think tailoring it, t- tailoring someone's training to, to specific to them is, is such a big part of, you know, just the everyday person because that, that to have a cookie cutter thing is not is not appropriate because each person is going to have such a variety of like other stuff going on in their life, you know, whereas like a professional runner, it's a little more, you know, like the, the, the other stuff is a little more similar with, with those types of people because they're all hundred percent for the most part, hundred percent committed time-wise to, to running. And so you can, you kind of know what you have there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, here's just a random hypothetical, I guess, that I just thought of. So we see it in kind of other sports. We have an all-time great coach, another great athlete, someone like Andre Agassi coaching Novak Djokovic, I think was like the last thing last year. Um, do you think you'd be able to handle coaching someone who has the potential to, to break records? Or is that just, you think, something that maybe – is a little a little tougher for for you to 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 grasp, I guess, that their their type of training because every athlete is different and maybe it's not a direct you know 
my workouts worked will work on you type of thing. Yeah, I I I definitely think it's 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 very possible, you know, it happens. Um, you know, uh um you know, D- Dwayne Solomon was was did very well with right. with uh, uh Johnny Gray and Alberto and Galen and and so it, it's it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible, and it just takes a matter. Of, uh, it just takes the right mix, you know. You know that athlete coach relationship at, at that level is, you know, it's 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 a, it's, 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 it's got to click, you know. And uh, so, um, you know, we'll 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 see. You know, I I I, I would I would love to. To take on an opportunity like that, um, but you know we'll see. <laughs> right, um, and so I guess like this is a, you, your coaching is going to be mainly uh, online. But has the thought ever creeped up in in your head of you know maybe going and coaching at a college? Because I guess this is something I discussed with Jeremy Warner last year when I was writing uh, a story on his retirement and the announcement, and he said that I mean he still had a couple classes to finish up at, at Baylor. And many schools, I guess, required him to have, you know, that degree. And so I guess where I, I remember you kind of, I think, were taking classes at, at Portland State. Uh, did you eventually finish up that, that degree? I did. I did. I did. Um, and that, th- those, those thoughts had, 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 had crossed, my, crossed my mind or crossed our family's uh, mind of what you know, what we wanted to do, you know, um, uh, and collegiate coaching is, is, is still an interest of mine, but right now it's, uh, it, it's we've put, put on the back burner a little bit just from, you know, a family, family reasons, you know, we didn't want to pick up and move, uh, right away. You know, those, you know, those jobs that open up are, you know, you've got to move <laughs> generally, yeah. generally speaking, unless, unless you kind of, get really lucky and it happens to open up right next door. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's still, it, 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 there's an interest there for sure. Um, but it would have to be the right, the right fit, you know, um, just from a, uh, I guess location, uh, mm-hmm. logistical, logistical standpoint and the right time, you know, uh, you know, we, we started something here, and so uh, not that that has to, you know, never say never, but uh, um, that, that it's definitely still it's still in uh, you know our still in still in there as an interest, um, uh, and um, yeah, it was uh, that was definitely one of the goals of trying to finish school so that so that that those type of opportunities. Um, I could I could take them if they if they came if the right one came came up definitely and so uh, speaking of stories that came out last year last last year Let's Run did that interesting story on you in the summer of 2007 and I recommend it to anyone who hasn't read it uh, yet and I'll probably link to it somewhere in the description but um, I guess for for you I guess what how would you describe I guess that magic because I think that's how they 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 titled it. I think the, Alan Webb's magical summer of 2007. Uh, so when you when you look back on it, how do you define magic there? 
Oh man, it was definitely it was definitely a special a special time for for Alan Webb for sure. You know, um, you talk about when things come together and click. It it really did. And if you you know if you go back and look at my training and my life and the whole package, it just it just fell into place. You know, and you know that's that's where that special moment came. You know that day and uh it 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 was it came together on that day and then it was really tough for me to keep that going, you know. <laughs> there was something that so many things happened right to get there that it was hard to get all that stuff right again. You know. Um so it was yeah, it all came together for me. Uh and it was uh yeah, I mean that's that's the, that's just the best way to summarize it. It all all the pieces came together from a training life. Um, it was it was pretty awesome. So I've you know I, I think a bunch of people have watched the American Mile record video multiple times, and uh, so luckily I guess for for the rest of the world, Mark Floriani was on hand to capture that video. <laughs> if it wasn't if it wasn't for him, and say that video was never out there because it was you know a tiny meet and it wasn't on TV, do you think like that record or even your status as like an American distance running, you know, star would have been as cool without that video. And especially the com- the commentary was, was, was great. So would it have been, I guess, like just this, this legendary story that would have been told by the American athletes that were there? Or like, have you ever given thoughts to like, man, what if Mark wasn't there to, to film that video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, I told, I completely benefited from, from a couple, you know, from Mark being there, from what you just said, you know, Mark being there and having flow track be there was make, made it awesome. Now people can go back and see it again and again and again. And it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it, it kind of fit everything because of the fact that it was a really small meet. It you know having that make it bigger and make it accessible to so many people um, was uh, was it was obviously awesome for me personally, but it also was great for like track in general. You know, because, definitely. I mean, you, you mean you were you you worked for Flow Track at one point. Is, is, that, is that correct? Right. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think they they kind of credit that moment in that video as as another, you know, thing that spurred the growth of, of that site as well. Yeah, so so it was kind of cool to see that kind of blossom from that. I mean, it, that wasn't the only thing, but that was, you know, a, a, you know, it was a kind of a, a moment for, for, for them, for, for that, for Mark and Flowtrack, and, and now Flowtrack's like a thing, you know, it's like yeah. part of track, you know, like the, if you want to watch track, if you want to watch track on quote unquote TV, or you know, you go to full track. It's just like like Kleenex, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's like it, it's a thing now, and so it's cool. And 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 it go, it goes back another step too. I mean, even I, I think that you know myself and Dathan and Ryan, we all benefited benefited early on in high school from. Being, a, you know, in the internet era when Dystat, you know, could kind of make us these little, 
running celebrities that people <laughs> kind of knew about and could read about on the internet and like, oh, this guy ran this time or whatever. And, you know, we were part of that, that, that era that really changed the marketability of a runner so that mm-hmm. you can really have true professional track where people can, after college, go get a contract with the shoe company and it's valuable to them have these people who wear their stuff and people can you're visible because of these things because of the internet and um you know it's runner space now and uh, and flow track and let's run.com you know there's these places where people can go to see you you know and it's not just nbc tv that's right so limited it's very limited and you know it's the mainstream stuff which which is fine you know and track it that you know once every four years or so but in between you know when it's just the seattle meet up in uh up at UW or 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 even milrose now you know uh well actually milrose would be a bad, bad example but smaller meets that are at 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 uh, the armory people can watch it and yeah it's awesome but it's pretty cool <laughs> you know so yeah it's, it's a great it's a great that yeah, it definitely helps spur that that age of of track and field. Um, so I guess like on on the same note, speaking on 2007 for a second. So this is something that came up in my conversation with Weeding last last week, uh, and it was about I guess how the runners who have run 3:30, and I, it was something that I wanted to look at because you know Weeding ran 3:30 and then was never really anywhere. It wasn't really close to that again he ran i think like in that 334 336 range any ever any other time he ran like a a 1500 and and when i was bringing that up i completely forgot that when you ran 330 that came before that mile american record uh for for you and so i guess like what is you know the what's the toll that that 330 takes on on uh on a runner because you know the trend is that the runner uh, runners who go that fast at 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 one point in their career, just kind of, I mean, the conclusion was 330 is not easy to run. Um, <laughs> but but after that, I guess like it's it seems like a lot of people are not the same. Well, the the answer is what you what you 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 hit the nail on the head. You know, it it it's just really hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like. Like people kind of like sort of see these numbers and they're like, oh yeah, so and so ran three thirty. Like we ran three thirty. Like, like <laughs> that's amazing. You know, like that was the world record. That would have been the world record by second. You know, not that long ago. Yeah. You know, in a, in a, in an era, you know, like Sebastian, like take Sebastian Coe for example. You know, he's like. You know, he has two gold. He had two gold medals, and he had the world record in both the 15 and the mile at one point. You know, like it, it, his world record was 3:32. Yeah. You know, so kind of, you got to put that hat on. And be like, yeah, it's, it's like you know, running 3:30 isn't like a thing you just like kind of like wake up and do. You know, like <laughs> you know, and, and you know, we had his moment too. You know, we're like it clicked for him, and he got in the right race at the right time. And it all came together on that day, and he ran 3:30. You know, and it, it, and to like, it, it's it, it, it's sort of inappropriate to like expect that every time. You know, number one, and then 
it, it, for other people to expect that, and then what happens? And I fell into this trap too. Like you, you kind of you have this ex, sort of an expectation for yourself too, and you're like, I now I know I can go that fast, and so like everything else is like it's not like a failure, but it's like oh, it just doesn't have that, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> doesn't you know. You know, at one point in your career, 334 was, like, amazingly awesome. You know, like, right. you're like, you're over <laughs> the moon to do that. You know, even 336, you're like, oh, my gosh. And so when you, to, to to kind of get that spark again is hard. It's hard. It's really tough. And so to, to yeah, it's, just, it's tough, you know, because those, those moments when it all comes together and clicks are rare. And they're rare. Yeah, and I think the way I characterize it to weeding was kind of like a Tiger Woods effect because, I mean, he's a guy who was on top of the world, and it's similar because you had this, I think, in your career too. You you, you know, you're incredible, the injuries come, and then everyone has like this this feeling that you're going to be back. I mean, I think it was just a – it became a thing, I think, on Let's Run where it's just like, Alan Webb is back, Alan Webb is back, and it would be trending all the time. Um I guess for you, because uh, I guess I, I asked Weeding and he said, you know, that is, a, you can feel that. You can feel like the hope that people have and it's just kind of, it's an expectation that's kind of, it also creeps up on yourself, but you can't have that be the feeling because then if you're not back, I guess, then like the disappointment it can also take a toll on you. But I'm, I'm kind of curious because if you can sense it, you know, how long, did you feel that? Because there must come a time, I think, and it maybe it could have been Milrose 2014 where you're on the starting line. Is there a point where you knew you were towing the line and at that point the goal was just give it your best because if you look over to the side, you can see guys who you know are like, all right, these guys, it's going to be one of their days today because I'm, I, I, like, I, I might be back like for, for myself, but that's not the same Alan Webb that's back from 2007. Yeah, it, like you, you, you kind of you kind of feel it, you, you, <laughs> and, and that and that you feel it, and um, uh, by the time I got to 2014, I was you know I kind of I knew that it was never gonna come back. Like like the big me was never it was, that part was over, you know, and it, it, I and I had to kind of swallow that. Um, and you know you're just you're just out there to give your best, um, and so it, it 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 made it tougher, you know. It made it tougher for yourself. But then for me, it's, it's I started to what happened for me was that I started to kind of take on a different mentality, and I and I started to to sort of enjoy watching others accomplish. Or, or be in that moment, you know, like you kind of know when someone else is kind of building that 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 momentum and seeing it, and you're like, hey, I'm happy for this person, you know, like now, which is kind of like a bad mentality to have for like a competitor because you're like you're trying to like put on this like trying to keep fighting, you know, uh, but uh, you know you just have like a genuine appreciation for like somebody else going through what what you what you felt, you know, and the way the way you felt, you know, building towards like a goal. And it was, uh, it, it, it changed for me 
uh, and I uh, that's when I started. That's when I started to know that I was like, all right, I think it's time for you just to step away, you know, because um, because then it, it it became hard for me to genuinely give it everything I had. Like I I, I couldn't dig down deep like I used to, and that was that was when I was like, oh, you're you're not digging. Like I, I couldn't. It was hard. It was, it was honestly hard mentally to, to really dig down deep. And I was like, this is not, this, is, this isn't what I would recommend for someone else. You know, like if I was coaching someone else, I would be, I wouldn't want them to do what I was doing. I would, be, I, I wouldn't want them to give right. up. Sometimes, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I would give up, and it was like, it was, a, it was that was hard. It was like knowing that I was doing that, I was like, ah, oh, stop. You know, and that's when I was like, I maybe I shouldn't even, I, I, I should take myself away from this because I don't want to, I don't want to be doing that. And that, that's, that's when I was, I, the thoughts of retirement came in and I was like, I, I gotta, I, I, I can't put myself in that situation where I'm like, I'm doing something that I know I shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah. You bring, you bring up the fact, digging deep, what was the deepest you've ever dug during a race? Because I guess like, the American record holder is something that you definitely have to push your body to its limit. And I'm sure it was the same case in a, in a three thirty race, but what, what's one race that really sticks out to you where you were just like, that was the tanks on empty right now. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that there's a few, there are a few, the American record was one of them. Um, uh, when I want, when I won free in 04, and then 350, that was one I had to go pretty far down deep in <laughs> the dark world of running. <laughs> um, can you describe uh, that, I guess? Because what, what does that feel like to, like, I'm never going to know what it feels like to, to be going that fast, but coming down the final 100 or in that lap, what does that look like to you? I mean, are you, are you just kind of like, you just see the finish line, everything else is going black and, what, what what does that feel like to you? It's it it's it was it, it was it, 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 the difference between racing and, and workout for me. You know, like I, I I something extra that I could only bring on race day was was there. You know, that extra 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 bit of holding on. Uh, you know, just waiting for the finish line. You know, just waiting <laughs> for the finish line, and trying to trying to keep pushing when everything is every single thing is saying that you should not be going. But <laughs> you have, uh, it, uh, just you know, you're just you're 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 in discomfort. Like, I'll say I'll use that word. You're you're in discomfort. You're you're, you're really hurting. Uh, but you're you have you you have this you have something that you know you're you're you know you're on top of something great and so it's it's that cost benefit is is there um, so you're, you're you the, the cost is greater than uh, the, the benefit is so much greater than that that, that cost and um, you know all those you know those mental strengthening moments that you have before, you know, like watching Prefontaine and, you know, 
being inspired to push yourself and all that stuff that you talk about. You're like, this is it. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. <laughs> you know, just keep on going. And that's it. It's, it's pretty simple, you know. Um, but and I didn't, like, have a blackout moment where I was, like, you know, I was still just focused on getting to the finish line. Um, and, um, you know, those those time trial races were were – where I could use that mental energy to just keep on grinding <laughs> until you get to the end. And, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, the, the, when I ran that 10 K with Dayton, that was, that was one that was just sort of, Oh gosh, just brutal. <laughs> and, um, because it was longer, it's a different kind of hanging on, you know, the mile is more intense or is it, or is that, it's, it's Gosh, you know, I, 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 uh, I had to hang on. <laughs> now it's hurting so bad. Um, and so, yeah, I, I had, I had, you know, I have, I have a few of those. I had uh, quite a few of those moments where I, I felt like I was just doing something that, you know, on race day, pulling out something extra. Um, and I think that's part of, you know, a runner's career is that you only, I, I believe you only. You, you only have a, you only have a finite number of those dig down super deep to the well uh, days. Um, there's only there's only a finite number of those, and everybody's number is a little different than everybody else's number. But ultimately, there's there's only a finite number of those days, and um, and you don't know, right? How many you have? You don't know how many you have. You don't know. You don't know, um, but when you, that, that that was the sort of feeling I was trying to describe is that is that when I started to not be able to, I was like, oh man, this is what they were talking about. <laughs> you know, yeah. It is. You know, you want you want to kind of you're trying you're trying to rekindle that. Just go down and get it all. You know, like I I'm I know how to do this. You know, I can do it. But then it's it's harder than it sounds. You know, like it's hard to to get that to get into that mode where you're just grinding all the way and really getting everything you have out of yourself. Um, you know, those, those days don't happen all the time. Right. As of right now, you're only 34. There's a lot of time ahead. So I won't ask if you think that your American record holder, uh, your American record is going to fall in your lifetime, but it stood the closest someone's come so far since you ran it is 350. 53, Matt Centrowitz in May 2014, and yet that's still four seconds off. Now, when do you think you could see it falling? Five, 10, 20 years? What do you, as of right now, what are you kind of thinking? Oh, my gosh. I, I, I don't know. I think Matt is still young enough to, to, to get there, um, possibly, you know. <laughs> Um, he, he, Matt's capable, but, but he's, he's just got to put himself in the right position or, or put himself, you know, be in the right, get in the right rate, really, you know, um, and set it up for himself. And, you know, you never know, you know, I, I don't know, uh, um, when you're, when you're going that fast, you know, you know, we talked about 330 and it's a, you know how how hard that is, you know, and so it's kind of, 
say, you know, it can happen, but it's also a special moment that kind of got to, has to kind of happen. Um, and so, um, ah, gosh, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, uh, it's, it's a, I don't know who else might be developing right now before our eyes that, that might be able to take a chance in that besides, besides Matt. Um, you know. Because I, I guess we still haven't seen you know, the – the like fast mile from like Clayton Murphy or uh or I guess even Drew Hunter. Yeah, we we yeah, Drew and Clayton, you know, they, those guys could, could 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 get in the right race, you know, and and if they if they they if they have that click moment, you know, you you, you don't know. I, I don't know, you know, but um <laughs> it's just so fast. You know, you got to be coming through. You know, I came through at 250 flat with a lap to go. So, how often do those races happen? Right. <laughs> you, know, <in> a mile, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no two ways around it. It's really, really fast, and you know, you can be on top of the world, but still be off by a little. You know, and so. It <laughs> you just got to hope they don't come out with the four percent bikes at this point. Yeah, maybe there's a four percent spike that they're gonna gonna <laughs> gonna bring out. Um, well, I think I think a lot well, a lot of that technology came from the spikes that 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 we that the track guys have been wearing. I think that's where a lot of that 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 technology came from. Um, you know, that having sort of got like a spike plate inside of the shoe, and so now the now the road racers are kind of like they're wearing like a spike out there, but it's, yeah. but it's cushiony so. They figured out how to a way to kind of combine those two. So, I, um, but maybe they'll reverse it, and then then you know the the, the track guys will have more cushioning. I don't know. <laughs> it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, maybe the, yeah, the development of the shoe will will, will help will help some. Um, maybe from like a training training standpoint, it can let you do do a little more of the track stuff. Um, so um, yeah. With, Gosh, I to predict that I don't know. <laughs> um, but as of right um, now, do you feel, you feel like it's going to fall in your lifetime? I think so. Uh, I, it'll, it'll fall in my lifetime. It will. It will. Because I I I remember thinking to myself, I watched Michael Johnson set the world record in the two hundred, and I remember thinking to myself, I don't. I think I'm going to die, and Michael Johnson will still have the world record. Like it was that. It was he had he broke it by so much that I was like, and then I didn't see anybody coming even close to that. I was like, there's no way I was like, no one will ever break that record. <laughs> you know, I, I really thought I'd be on my deathbed if Michael Johnson still have that record. And then you think both came along. And so, um, <laughs> I, now I use that as my, as, as, as a way to kind of say that it, it, it's, it's going to happen. So some, if it's not Matt right now or Clayton or Drew, um, maybe they're they'll be born like tomorrow or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Some kid is happens. Some moment that we don't know about is building. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it it will it will come to come to be uh, years. You know, maybe years from now. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's a kid. In, there's a freshman in high school right now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Because listening to this right now, being like, "Hey, you got to be," you know, and then they're they're gonna have that moment where 
Um, you know, you're marching along and just just like I I did when I was in high school. I didn't think that I was, you know, if somebody had told me I was going to run 346 for the mile, I would have told somebody that they were nuts. Um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I was, I, you know, I was like, hey, I'm, I don't suck at running. Let's go try this cross-country thing. And you get out there and you're like, wow, I'm good. And then you're like, no, I'm good. I'm really good. And then you train a little bit and I'm like, wow, I'm really good at this. You know? <laughs> I should keep going. This is a good idea. And the next the next kid's going to hear that and they're just going to keep chipping away and chipping away and chipping away. And before you know it, you're going to have this superstar who's going to be amazing and he's going to get into a race and he's going to come through at 249.7 and then he's going to break the record and run 346. 17. Yeah. Okay. You know, and it's like, oh, my God. You know, like, I remember looking at Alan Webb and Matt Centrowitz and Leo and these guys, and now I'm the guy. So, Uh, so. So, last thing before we get to some really quick listener questions. So, Drew Hunter is someone you've known since he was a little kid, and now he's kind of on a very very similar path, I guess, uh, to you, where, I guess, well, he's bypassing the NCAs. Uh, but when you look at his career, where he's at right now, Adidas looked at him as like a long-term investment. Like we want to see him through for 10 years or whatever it is. Now, what, what do you think he should be most careful about? Because uh, I guess like to, you know, hopefully have a as as successful as a career as you had. I think – Exercising more patience, you know, I think one of my biggest flaws is just kind of getting frustrated and and getting a little bit just negative, I would say, would be what uh, some mistakes that I made. And I think that – I think Drew's already kind of learning from that and doing a much better job at kind of chipping away at just getting better every every time, every 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 day, every week, every year. You know, he, 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 he doesn't have to be, uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't have to run 345 right now, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, he can just get, get better and just get more experience. And, um, he's doing a great job of that. And I was really happy to see him, you know, make the final at U.S. championships, uh, last year. You know, I, I think that he's, he's, he's in a, a great, He's in a different spot than I was because there's, you know, it, it is more competitive. And so, not, not that it, not that he wants to lose, but you know, it, it, there's a little more parity and there's a little less pressure to kind of like win every time because there's so many other guys. And so, if you if you don't win, you know, it's like it's okay. It's, it's kind of like okay, and and it's just kind of like, hey, you know, like, you didn't win this time. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's fine. You know, you, yeah, yeah, there's always next week or whatever, you know, and he's doing a really good job kind of getting in that space and, and just focusing on getting better each time, you know, and he's he's done a great job, you know, and um, I think that he'll he'll continue to improve and yeah, the sky's the limit for him, you know. I, I think that he's he, he's he, he could be that guy in a few years and, and, and chip away at, you know, running, you know, running under 350, you know, and if you can get there, then you're kind of tasting, tasting that, that speed, you know, um, and then that, that special moment might be within his grasp too, to, to run in the mid 340s, you know, for, for a mile. Um, 
one step at a time. Yeah. One one step at a time and he's and he's kind of marching on that, that path, that that little bit longer term uh longer term path that that if if he kinda of keeps keeps it rolling then that's when the special moments happen when the consistent, long, long term training where he's not he's not that doesn't get really serious long term injuries. He's progressing, he's you know, get getting experience in races and kind of knowing what it you know, knowing what it feels like to 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 get out there and, and sort of have a routine of pushing himself every single time and getting to the finish line and having having the positive result and taking 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 a po- taking something positive from each time he gets out there. Um and I think he's doing a doing a great job and so it's just a matter of uh, you know, seeing how far he can he, he can <laughs> he can get. Um, yeah, we'll be looking forward to it for sure. Now, here's uh, some listener questions, and they're they're pretty fun here. Because, and uh, the most popular question has to do with the photo that I shared on Twitter to tease that you were coming on the podcast. So it's the one of the of you in the yellow singlet on your knees with your arms just jacked up. Everyone wants to know about your weight room routine at the time, and I guess like. What was kind of like the the timing and the the periodizing, I guess, that you had uh, on weightlifting at the time? Oh, yeah, that that was a fine line that I occasionally did well, and it worked for me, and occasionally it didn't do well, and it didn't work for me. Um, uh, that that was one of the that was the year that I got I got it right, and I would I did this cycle where I would I would. Uh, I would lift with my, my, I would do upper and lower lift, and I did it twice a week, and I would cycle through it, do 14 reps, 12. Uh, so one one day I would do 14, and then I, the next, then, and then the next session I would do 12, and the next session I would do 10, the next session I would do eight, and the next session I would do six, and I would add five pounds every time as I went down. So it, the reps got lower, but the weight got higher. And I, I, I would, I, I cycled through that and it was, it was, I, I, I never did well with altitude, but this was like, the weights was like, kind of like my like base, like sort of like an out, like sort of like a similar, like an altitude type thing where, when I took that away and then I, and I sort of rested from that, that's when I, that's when I saw these huge results in like my speed it was like a, it was like a it was like a rubber band that was like let go that was holding on to me and I was like boing and <laughs> I would be able to go you know and I got that balance right because I was I, I never I, I never I, I was I would you know by the time I got to like those that the six rep time and I would do it on this interval I would do a, a set every two minutes and so I didn't it sort of had like I, I, the, the rest was limited it's when I was doing the higher reps, but then when I did the lower reps I got a little more rest and so it felt felt easier during that during those sessions. And then then, then I would and then after the the sixth rep session I would rest and I would give myself like a ten day a ten day break from the from from the lifting to kinda of let my body recover. And uh I did that cycle through that through those 0607 and when I did it and I rested at just the right time, I would I, I had these like chunk moments where I would it would click in and I would I would 
would be able to just my speed was awesome. <laughs> you know, my power <laughs> was just awesome. And that's what you that's what you saw at the end of end of that race was just I I let myself rest a little bit and I absorbed some of that stuff and I was able to just use it on the track and I. <laughs> I don't know. I got to the end of that race, and the year the year before, I, did, I I I was injured, and I wasn't even at U.S. Championships, and so it was sort of an unbelievable moment to kind of a year later win it, you know, and beat Lagos and Leo, who are two of the best, you know, runners ever, you know, uh, medalists and and uh, uh, American record holders. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. You know, like. And then, yeah, and then the photo was snapped. Yeah, I was like, pretty happy. Yeah. So, do you remember? Uh, the, the listeners won't let me get away with this. Do you remember what the weight started at, and then what it finished at? Well, I would do, I would do bench, uh, uh, wide grip row, uh, military press, um upright rows, um, and then I'd do biceps and triceps. So it started at a variety of of weights. Um, but the bench, I would start at like 135 and work my way up. And then uh, the rows, I think I started like at 70, I think like 70, I think, or maybe, maybe 65 and work my way up to, uh, you know, um, 85, and then the military press, I started 25 and ended up 35, um, uh, or no, I think I started at 30 and ended up 40, and um, the upright, upright rows, I was always, I was always 10 pounds less than, than, than bent over rows, uh, I think, so I started like at 60 or so and ended up or maybe I started I think I started with 60 there and then at 70 the other one started at 70 ended at 80 um and then squats I started at 145 and ended at 185 or one yeah one 155 it started at no one yeah I started at 155 and ended at one 75, um, so, and then deadlifts, I'd start at, yes, yeah, so and I started at 175 and ended up 195, so I was pretty heavy, <laughs> um, and cleaned, I started at one. 125 and ended at 135. Uh, one, 115, I started, started a little lighter with, with cleans because you know, cleans are, cleans are tougher. Definitely. Um, yeah. Um, and ended at 135. I was like, well, man, I can clean 135. That was like a big, big thing for me. <laughs> you know, that was, that was hard, you know, um, but yeah, the, the, I had to pop. Boom. Um, Cleaned it a couple less reps. So I did a little less reps. I started at ten for those, um, and worked my way down to four. Cause, you know, cleans was wanted to be explosive. So I had explosion mm-hmm. power, um, 
uh, so yeah, those are the and then lunges. I started with the bar and then ended so with like sort of. No, I think I started with. Yeah, you know, I, I started with one not sixty-five and ended at eighty-five. So um, just a lot, a lot, a lot of getting a lot of power, getting a lot of power. And, uh, you know, it would rag my leg, and I'd have to kind of get work, work through that. Um, but then when I came out the other side and I rested, it was like, oh, I just had just had a, had a gear. Just had a gear. Yeah. That I could, that I could, go, <laughs> could, could, go, could go to. Um, and um, it was... It was hard, <laughs> and I, I I I had a when I moved out of that house, I I had the, the I had a weight room, I had my own weight room set up in my in the dining room that you know we had I had this you know this dining room that was this extra room that I you know I wasn't hosting any dinner parties anytime soon, so <laughs> I just had I set up these mats in this dining room, and I had of my weight room set up in there <laughs> and I would just get in there and go to town and sort of have my own, my own space. And I wouldn't have to worry about waiting for anything, <laughs> any, for anybody. And I just go to town. And when I moved, when I, when we moved out of that house, there was like a sweat stain on the floor <laughs> from where I, I just, you know, just doing deadlifts and squats and just be sweating. Just like, it was just this like puddle and, you know, I clean it up, but it eventually just made this mark on the on on these mats that I had, and uh, <laughs> it was just like a funny thing. Was, and I really, I look at, I remember looking at that that sweat stain that I just created, uh, uh, and it was like that's where the that the the American record was set right there, right 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 right, in, right, right where that mark was. You know, and that's really where you know that's where that's where that's where you know that's where it's earned. I, I, yeah, that's where it's earned. I earned it right there in that in that spot in that that, that sweat stain <laughs> that I that I created just from pooling my own sweat in right in that little spot. Uh, I guess a follow up question after all of the 2007 craze: Where is that yellow singlet and the the spikes. Where do you have them today? Ah, the I I actually my dad is visiting me from Virginia, and he brought back brought with him uh, the the American record spike, um, my my uniform or and all the memorabilia from the 2004 Olympics and the the high the national high school record spikes because my parents are 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 selling the house that we grew up in so I just, he just brought back a whole bunch of stuff um that we had, that I had in the basement of the house I grew up in so i it's now it's now here with me in oregon uh the the singlet i i still i i still i had here already um but yeah i have have those things. Have you thrown on like a workout they're, they're, or something on, and just been like, "Oh wow, this it's a little looser now." <laughs> the, the, the oh well, it, well, it's a uh, it's a little, little tighter around the waist. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, 
the Yeti on Twitter, I guess I've never seen that Twitter handle, says, how did you deal with the pressure and expectations that came with running 353 as a high schooler, and do you think that you managed that pressure well throughout your career? I think I managed it well at some times, and, and, and sometimes I didn't handle it well. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, you could see when I was when I was running well, I handled it okay. But um, when I when I would have setbacks, it, it I you know I let the pressure get to me. You know, I let my own uh, you know my my own internal you know uh, critic get get the best of me sometimes. And especially if at the end, you know, at the end of my career, I didn't handle it quite as well. And then you know when I was at Michigan, I I really didn't handle it very well um so i i had to i i had to learn to just get out there the next day you know and and keep keep persevering and that's that's how i ultimately dug myself out of uh, you know with the little hole uh you know mental ne- negative hole that i had it you know when i was at michigan um but i i, I got through it and i i thought i did pre- i thought i did a good job of, of pulling myself up and and then eventually getting better so. mm-hmm Diane Gagliano Willen asks, "What was your favorite uh, long run trail, or uh, back in high school in Virginia?" Gagliano is that? Uh, yeah, Gags's daughter. Is it yeah, Dad, right. Oh my gosh! Hello, hi. Um, my favorite trail was uh, uh, the Great Falls National Park. I okay. love that that trail. Um, I would always start at the the difficult run creek entrance uh a little bit like a little like a little dirt parking lot there where i would start and run into the park from there um because i i like to start there because there was a, an extra hill that you could get in that you started and finished on and so uh that was um you know that hill was kind of part of our training so we would go there specifically to, to hit the hillier part of uh of the trail and i love that I love that that hills. It was long, grinding hills, kind of almost like the Arb at Michigan. Long grinder right. that you that you come up, you come up at the beginning. Dude, you're like, oh, gosh, the first seven <laughs> minutes, you're like, just sort of suffering, and it's like, like, all right, I'm awake now. Like, definitely warmed <laughs> up after that. And then you 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 do you do this. I would do a long run. I that had like a 14 mile run. I'd do seven out and seven back. And you'd hit this, you'd hit this, these four long hills that you'd have to go through to get, to get through that, that run. And so it was a, just an awesome, um, just an awesome run that kind of hit a little bit of everything. It was long, you got some great hill running in. Um, and yeah, it was just a, it was, and plus it was beautifully, it was a beautiful scenery where you're, you're running right along the Potomac River. And you know, soft trails, and uh, it was it's 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 my favorite running spot. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to check that out. Um, this this question is actually like a great bar argument, but it's like the only bar that I think it'd be a cool place to have it would be somewhere like the Wild Duck. Um, and I've kind of seen it debated online. Whose career would you rather have? Alan Webb, Ryan Hall. Or Jason Rissenheim. And so I guess the question here would be, can you make a case for why they should pick you? Or do you have a different opinion and would pick one of the other two? <laughs> From uh, just the total career? 
Yeah. Little career. I think Ryan did the best of the three of us. I, I, I think he, he, he was probably the most consistent, I would say. And he, uh, he was the most consistent, I would say. And, um, he also did a great job of, of kind of giving back to, you know, he, he had, he created a, created his, uh, you know, his foundation. And so I really admired him for what he was doing with that. And, um, you know, I think that it, yeah, I would, I would say he was the most consistent and, and, um, you know, he, he equally had faster, fast, uh, you know, he still has the American record in the half, the half marathon. And, you know, he, he, and he also, you know, competed, you know, bumped heads with being the top runner, uh, in the world at, at, you know, at, at certain points in his career. So I, I think, I think Ryan had to, I'd say Ryan would, would, would take it, but it's pretty close. Oh, it's pretty close. really close. <laughs> yeah. Ritz, and I Ritz think, had the, uh, the, the, the best college career maybe as the record at, uh, he had the record at 5k for a bit. He's got the longest career i think of the three of you um footlocker champ he's still in commercials nowadays <laughs> yeah yeah and and, and, the, and as, as much as dathan struggled with with you see dathan struggled the most with injuries which is funny because he's the one who's still going <laughs> i think it's because he figured out a way to kind of keep going even when there were injuries you know and, and he he knows how to he knows he knows how to do that. He knows how to get it done even when there's when it's not perfect. You know, and I think that's why probably the reason why he's 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 still able to keep going because he he knows how to he knows how to get it done even when there's you know like a, 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 an injury that, that pops up inevitably. Whereas Ryan and I like, or at least the way I felt was like, oh my gosh, I, I can't I can't get it together. You know, like I'm hurt, mm-hmm. and then you know like I. I I, I, I couldn't run well when I, when it, it was I, I had I had it not going great, you know. Whereas Dathan was is awesome at figuring that out. Maybe. Yeah. All right. So here's the last three questions I ask all my guests, and they're really short and fun. So the first one, and you kind of already answered the where. If you could go on a run anywhere in the world with anyone from history. Assuming that they could hold the conversational pace with you, it doesn't have to be a runner. It could be an actor. It could be a writer. Um, where, where, who, who would you take on this run, and where would this run take place? Hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd want it to be with Pre. Okay. For sure. Love to just go on a run with that guy. <laughs> yeah, and it would be uh, on that Virginia Trail. I mean that's my that's definitely my favorite my favorite run. I love it. You know I I've I've gone on some runs in in and around Eugene. So I guess unless he unless he had some special place that he that he would run, it'd be kind of cool to kind of show him one of my spots. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Oh, next question. This probably should have been the first one. What's the meanest thing you've ever read about yourself on Let's Run? They had the nice story last year, but when you were competing, I'm sure there was a ton of mean stuff said on there. What's the meanest mean thing stuff. that oh you maybe got, got a hold of? Because I know a lot of you guys like like to tune it out, but I'm sure someone told you, hey, did you, did you see what they called you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um... That's a hard one. I, I, can't, I honestly can't think of anything specific. You know, probably something about something stupid, non-running related that I said was like, oh, man, I'm getting this hurtful. You know, <laughs> like about my, I don't know about my looks or my hair or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and then the last one it has nothing to do with running. So you get 25 basketball shots from half court if you make one you win 25 million dollars if you make none you go to jail for 25 years would you attempt the basketball shots one out of 25 half court shots yeah holy guacamole and if you make one you get 25 million bucks and if you don't make if you don't make any you go to jail for 25 years. You go to jail for 25 years. I think I'll pass. Money isn't everything. Definitely. You've got a family to think of, too. And I'm, yeah. and I'm glad I'm glad you passed. I think that's a smart answer, but Weeding last yeah. week said he would uh, he would take the shot. He would take the shot? Okay. Gotcha. All right, Alan. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks a lot for uh, for taking the time to do this. And a nice little trip down memory mem- memory road for you. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, I'm sure I'll see you around uh, maybe somewhere uh, on a track uh, this spring. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it was great talking to you, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll see you around the track. That does it for this episode of the Studio Smack Podcast. Uh, many thanks to Alan Webb for taking the time to do that interview. Um, the whole show was brought to you by Morton. Reminder, they've been very good to us, and they'll be great for you if you decide to add this into your training regimen. Morton is the world's most carbohydrate-rich sports drink. It's fueling champions all around the world. It's fueling you know runners like myself to personal best at races. Definitely check them out. we got half marathons creeping up in March. we got marathon season back in full swing by the time april rolls around doha marathon is actually taking place next week and there's a good chance that the champion of that race might be drinking morton so i encourage you guys to check it out morton.com that's m-a-u-r-t-e-n.com and if you use promo code cmp20 you get 20 percent off your order i've been really happy with how people have received the last couple episodes especially you know the andrew weeding exit interview uh, I'm sure we might get some feedback on this episode. And these retrospective interviews, like I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, have been pretty interesting. So we're going to keep going. Next week, I believe we will be having the one and only Meb Kuflesky on the show. So uh, look forward to, to that. And be sure to send us some questions. Tweet tweet us at Sidious Mag. Or you could tweet at me, at Chris Chavez. Um, and uh, we'll try and get those questions on the show. Then after that, we're going to try and maybe do things a little bit differently with the podcast. A couple changes are coming down uh, down the road, uh, but I'll keep you guys posted on all that stuff. I was at the Armory on Thursday night. I ran a 600, and I met um, 
two people who came up to me and said they really enjoy the podcast. So if you're listening to this, I really appreciate it. Um, and I'll keep churning out these shows because uh, I'm having fun. If you guys are enjoying it, then I'll keep it going. You guys keep listening. I'll keep recording. Um, so that does it. I've been your host, Chris Chavez, just rambling along these last couple minutes, but uh, wishing you some happy and healthy running.